It is Sunday night here at KZSM.org, True Community Radio, and it is 7 o'clock, and it is time for Riasis in here in the studio. We got all sorts of folks tonight, but Kathy is here as your host for Riasis, as she is every Sunday night. Kathy. Well, it's good to be here, and I'd like to start off the evening first by congratulating the University of the Incarnate Word Cardinals. They will be advancing to the next level of football play. Um, they beat their opponent Friday night with a score of 66 to 63, and they, they played Sacramento State. So their next game is going to be on December the 16th. And I'd also like to uh, congratulate Nick Vargas. Uh, he is a graduate of San Marcos High School. Um, after he left high school, he joined the United States Marine Corps and uh, spent, uh, did a, a several tours of duty in the Middle East. And today, well, this weekend, he is a proud graduate of the University of the Incarnate Word. So congratulations, Nikki. I love you. And uh, I'd like to introduce our guest today. Uh, we have uh, Cristina Casas Moreno. We have Mercedes Formolo and Dr. Ana Juarez. And I've invited the ladies here this evening to come and talk to us a little bit about um, Guadalupe Chapel. And so, as always, we like to start our show off with a little bit of family history because that's important to, to me and to the show. So I'll go ahead and let um, uh, Cristina go ahead and, and give us a little bit of information about um, the neighborhood she grew up in and tell us about her mom and her dad. And you guys are sisters, right? Yes. Welcome to the show, everyone. Yes, thank you for having us. Super excited um, to share our story tonight and a little bit of our history. So my name is Christina Casas Moreno, um, born and raised in San Marcos, Texas, a native of San Marcos. <laughs> um, so yeah, we, um, I grew up in La Victoria neighborhood, um, raised by my, my father, Rogelio Casas, uh, Mi Rey, Mi Rey. <laughs> as lots of, of locals know him by, um, and my mom, Carmen Casa. So um, she was a teacher at Head Start um, for many years. And so, um, yeah, just uh, grew up with a brother and a sister, um, just, you know, in the neighborhood with all my cousins, uh, in the neighborhood that we lived in. Um, every street was filled with cousins or someone related or, you know, our tias, tios, um, friends of the familia. So we always had eyes on us no matter what. So we had to, <laughs> to, um, to act, act right or else. <laughs> uh, your mother's maiden name was? So she's still ghetto. Still ghetto. Still ghetto. Um, my grandfather and grandmother owned um, La Victoria grocery store. Um, in the neighborhood, so many um, many of the neighbors would would go there to to shop, um, you know, groceries, and of course the coldest beer in town is what we were known for. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, growing up, we would um, get off the bus, and we knew right away that we had you know some chores, and my favorite was going to stock up the um, the cokes because <laughs> after we helped stock up um, we were able to select whatever we wanted from the store so it was really exciting you know like knowing that we were gonna be able to help out and get some of our favorite snacks for you know for afterwards so it was really 
um, and we, you know, work ethic. <laughs> of course. So let me, and I'm curious about this because, you know, when you have the little tienditas like that yeah. and um, you always have the things that I, I find missing now. Did you guys used to sell like the little Coke bottles that had like the little Kool-Aid in it or the little drink in it? Did y'all have those? and The wax ones. The wax ones, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. And maybe the little cone ones with the little marshmallows oh, on oh, them. Oh, yeah. The Oh yeah, Soyla. there was another um, another uh, store, the yeah, Soyla's, um, that had a lot of um, competitive candies that <laughs> <laughs> that we would. So they um, were on, go Cam- to. on Camacho Street. Or they were on Camacho Street. Street. Yeah, yes, okay. ma'am. Yeah, and so um, yeah, lots of um, treats and um, you know, yeah, good work ethic that we learned there at the store. Yeah, you always seem to get a little bit of that work ethic when you work in a family business like that. Right. Nothing is for free. Nothing. (laughs) Nothing was free. We had to work for it. (laughs) And so um, you have some other aunts that that live in the neighborhood there, too, in Victory Gardens? Yeah. So, um, I mean, the majority of the street that um, we grew up on. The Railroad Street? So Eisenhower Eisenhower. and Patton Mm -hmm. Street, Roosevelt. um, Yeah. So um, lots gravel, yeah. We have um, lots of our family members that lived on those streets. A lot of my theas, um, who are all majority of them are all Guadalupanas. They're um, yeah, at a the little chapel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So um, definitely, yeah. Okay, awesome. And Dr. Juarez will give you a little bit of time to tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, yes, thank you so much for uh, inviting me, and it's been great to actually get to know Christina and Mercedes and uh, her uh, their father also, who is here, Rogelio. He's our audience for the day. Uh, he probably knows more about this uh, topic than all of us, but <laughs> yeah, so I thank you so much for having me, and I got involved in kind of this project, and I'm not sure how we actually, Christina, you and I, somehow, somebody connected us, and I'm not sure. When I first heard about the Save Guadalupe Chapel, um, you know, that that something was coming up, it may have been Gloria Salazar, who was one of the founders for Centro Mm -hmm. Cultural Hispano de, Mm -hmm. de San Marcos, and one of uh, the projects you were working on yeah i think it might have been the cemetery project you were working on yes yeah so so i've been um i was not did not have the pleasure of being born here i was born in austin uh, traveled and lived in many different places um, and came to san marcos in 2000 i had gotten a job in uh, 1996 working as a as a cultural anthropologist in the Department of Anthropology here at Texas State and uh, about 2004 had finished had gotten tenure and was kind of looking for a, a local project to involve my students in and got involved that was when the, the vandalism against the two cemeteries on opposite sides of town uh, happened uh, Guadalupe Cemetery on you know one side and and then uh, San Pedro on the other side and there was a lot of the community was was you know very much discussing what had happened around that so I ended up volunteering to help 
document the cemetery and stuff and started involving my my students just realized that the cemetery was such a it was a living community and it was a great lens to understand the Mexican-American uh, community here in San Marcos so since then you know it was working with cemeteries and then of course funerary practices are tied to churches so then we did the churches and uh, ended up doing this exhibit in 2015 on uh, St. John's, uh, St. John's Catholic Church and the Capilla Guadalupe and a little bit on the cemetery that is associated with the Catholic Church which is Guadalupe Cemetery. So that's somehow, you know, through that research I got connected to Cristina and uh, Mercedes. Well, it looks like you've been a good asset for our community, especially since you're not from here, and it seems like you've done a lot of extensive work uh, on a lot of these mm -hmm. things here. So, you know, as, as a resident, thank you so much. Um, well, but I'm honored to be able to, you know, for the community to to uh, let me in and, and let me know and tell share their stories with me. And of course, the reason that we're here is we're here to get a little bit of history about Guadalupe Cha Chapel and to talk about the the um, the history. Of, well, I guess not the history, but the future of Guadalupe Chapel. So I, ha I wanted to start with a little bit of brief history, uh, and I call the city of San Marcos. And according uh, to the city, the Victory Gardens neighborhood was established on August the first of nineteen August first, nineteen forty three, and of course, it's also known as El Barrio La Victoria. And most of the residents uh, in the neighborhood were Spanish-speaking, um, most of them uh, Mexican and Mexican-American. And um, just judging by the year that they gave me, it looks like Victory Gardens is going to be having a birthday next year, a, a milestone. Right, so yeah. yeah, so that's something to talk about after yeah, the show. Yeah. Uh, but um, you know, we know that uh, Victory, Victory Gardens has always been, um, you know, the, the heart of the neighborhood has been its people. And um, we have iconic places there. You know, we know uh, that um, Manas has been there forever. Mm -hmm. And uh, of course, uh, Cuatemo Plataforma is probably one of the oldest things that we have there. And then of course we have um, Guadalupe, Guadalupe Hall. I guess we'll start with Hall first and then call it Guadalupe Chapel. So um, I guess you guys give us a little bit of history about the chapel, how it got started, and um, we'll move from there. Uh, and I guess, uh, do we need to take a little break, or are we okay? You've got about two minutes. Okay, so we'll go ahead and start. Yeah, so, sorry, I'm gonna inter um, interrupt and just introduce Mercedes. We, I skipped over her, I apologize. <laughs> Mercedes Formolo. Um, I'll just say hi. Uh, she already told you our history. Uh, I'm the youngest of the th of the three siblings. So. And you live here in San Marcos. I live well? here in San Marcos, and I am a current Guadalupana. Oh, good for so you. So carrying on the traditions of my I, grandma. I always wanted to join, but you know when you know all the ladies that are in the Archies and you all the Guadalupanas, <laughs> and you, you're torn and you want to go, but you don't want nobody to be mad at uh -huh. you. So I'll tell you, um, the Guadalupanas have been um, uh, iconic in, in the neighborhood and for the church, and they've been good stewards of Guadalupe Chapel, so thank you so much. Oh, and thank you to all the Guadalupanas who are listening mm -hmm. and, and teaching the younger ones what to do, how to carry on tradition. That's the word traditions right there. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, do we take let's, a break? Yeah, let's go in and take a break. That got us right there, and we'll be right back with you. You're listening to KZSM.org, True Community Radio. Rice is here on a Sunday night on the um, 11th of December, and glad to have you uh, listening in. We're here every Sunday night from 7 to 8 talking about the past, present, and future. Uh, this is a uh, uh, the views expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect those of KZSM or SMTXCRA. The governing board will be right back with you after this announcements. Celebrate the holiday season with KZSM and talented students from the San Marcos School District at our final Kissing Alley concert of 2022, Thursday, December 15th, 7 to 9 p.m. The concert features the amazing Miller Middle School Jazz Band and excerpts from The Wizard of Oz performed by music and theater students from Crockett Elementary. Students from San Marcos High will offer selections from their upcoming production of The Little Mermaid, special music by a string quartet, and the award-winning Mariachi Nuevo Cascabel. Enjoy a magical winter evening in the historic space off Hopkins, opposite the courthouse. Our free, family-friendly concerts are funded by the San Marcos Arts Commission. Ladies and gentlemen, y toda mi gente, my name is Josh, also known as DJ Alpha in the mix, and I am the host of the all-new Latin Energy Show on KZSM.org San Marcos. I'm inviting everyone to tune in every Thursday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. and join the Latin Energy Party. It's all about community connection here, so tune in, support, and we'll see you on KZSM.org. Hi. I'm Tony Wilson, host of Roots and Branches on Sunday afternoons from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. here on KZSM.org. I play all kinds of music from Texas and beyond. So join me on Sundays at 2 on KZSM.org, San Marcos's true community radio station. de cada dos adultos en los Estados Unidos tiene la presión arterial alta. Por eso es importante monitorear tu presión en cuatro pasitos fáciles de memorizar. Todo comienza con un monitor. Checa tu presión arterial todos los días. Monitoreala ya. Visita bajatupresión.org Presentado por Art Council, American Heart Association y American Medical Association en colaboración con Office of Minority Health and Health and Resources and Services Administration. And we're back with you here in the KZSM studios and uh, on Riasis. Kathy. So we're going to start, and uh, uh, Dr. Juarez is going to give us a little bit of the history from, from the Guadalupe, we'll call it Hall, Guadalupe Hall, and then we'll go into the chapel part of it. Okay. Yes. So the, uh, I actually am relying um, primarily on research that my students did. And so, you know, shout out to the students in either my methods class or my Mexican-American studies class, one of those uh, kind of where we did a lot of the research. And uh, they were the ones who actually interviewed some of the community members. And based on that, uh, they were able to find a picture uh, 
updated to 1956, and that's a picture that uh, shows uh, Father Aloysius Dot with some of the CCD students and the parents in front of what was then called Guadalupe Center. And uh, there's a, you know, kind of letter uh, sign in front that says Guadalupe Center. And from what we were told, uh, this was a center to serve the community. Uh, at that time, the Barrio Victoria was still pretty new and uh, very poor. Uh, there, there are some history books that predate, that, you know, that go back into the 40s that talk about how marginalized this community was, this neighborhood was. Uh, the it, streets were so bad that the post office would not actually go in and deliver the mail. Uh, they had problems with water. They had problems with, you know, plumbing and flooding and all kinds of things. So, um, so the Father uh, Aloysius Dot went ahead and established this center. The land was donated, and we're still not sure. That's part of the research that still needs to be done to find out who donated the land and if we can anything about why they decided to donate it kind of at that time. Uh, the a company called the Butler Manufacturing Company, they actually uh, built the original metal shell structure which is now the chapel. And um, so because, you know, from what the uh, community has told us so far, uh, one of the big reasons that they moved there was because the original Catholic Church was built at the top of the hill. For those of you who are familiar with Texas State, uh, you know where the arch is, the big arch at the end of Guadalupe. Um, there's a building there called the Uni uh, Undergraduate Academic Center. And that is where the church was. So, and kind of in that area, based on historic maps, we see that the um, there was an original chapel built there in the 1880s. Uh, there was, and that one burned down, and then they built a brick one, and that one burned down, and uh, eventually they moved to to Hopkins, where the uh, St. John's currently is. But that. Cha the original church was called uh, Our Lady, uh, Nuestra Señora de Guadalupe. Mm -hmm. uh, because it was such a, a long trek uphill, <laughs> all uphill, uh, a lot of the elders found it difficult to climb the, the hill and go so far. And so uh, that was one of the reasons that people said they, they had the services there. And what was so great about this is that the the center uh, originally uh, held CCD classes, distributed food, provided other services. It even served as a polling location for voting. Um, again, we probably, you know, uh, Rogelio and others know more about this, but based on the, the initial interviews that we've done so far, that's kind of what we know. Uh, seems to have been converted into the Capilla sometime in the late 60s. Uh, I think for sure by 1970 it was uh, a Capilla. And that was, uh, uh, help me out here, uh, was it the G American GI Forum mm -hmm. that, that helped to, um, let's see, 
they well they purchased a half of a house from the university donated it to the church the Salcedo record service was the um, the business that helped move the half building to the spot directly next to the Guadalupe Chapel and again they provided services to the community um, from there um, so yes yeah, sometime between 68 and 70 they built the capilla and started providing uh, services there so it's it's served a dual purpose uh, later in the 70s as both a, a center and 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 a and a, and a church is mm -hmm, is what mm -hmm. what we're gathering and and i remember and i don't know if you guys or maybe your dad can can uh can tell can tell me i remember um when i was was much younger and the ladies or they'd say uh when they would distribute the food and they'd say go down and pick that up for me or tell them and sometimes they wouldn't give it to you and sometimes they would and i would go and commodities that were given were uh, butter and cheese, dried milk, uh, and I can't remember if it was like rice or beans, but they gave you quite peanut a butter. bit of peanut butter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so the, I, I think it was a, a much needed and uh, uh, thing for the community. So yeah, mm -hmm. I remember that from when I, I was much younger. And I, I guess you guys probably didn't, didn't see that, but I think that was like about the 1972, 75 sometime, and I think, Ms. Vasquez probably did that maybe through community action, but I'm not sure. Yes. Is that correct? Yes, we do have her uh, reporting. And I, actually, I'm looking here at my notes, and she's definitely saying between 68 and 70, the community mm -hmm. action uh, sent, agency gave out commodities. Mm -hmm. uh, from there was a distribution center um, until food stamps were, were introduced, mm -hmm. and they didn't do the commodity uh, distribution distribution anymore i also have here and uh, <laughs> uh that it was actually became a chapel in 1967 okay, was the date okay. yes mm. yes 1960. well and just the um the center also being used for catechism you know uh, i attended along with my sister and my brother and all of our cousins we would just walk um to catechism and um, the nuns, yeah, yeah, they'd have a bell that they would ring, and, and we were ready, you know, to... Our, our uh, beloved sister, Sister Jane and Sister Trini, yeah. you know, and they they were really good to the kids in the community, just uh, really good, and I, I remember they had a Hamica one year, and Sister Trini got um, in the, they used to do the dunking booths, and she got in the dunking booth one oh, year. And how fun. My brother had a love-hate relationship with Sister Trinity. And just like, he took all his change, and he was like, he was so adamant he was going to dunk her in. I said, thank God he didn't, because he'd be in trouble. But no, the sisters played a very important role there as well. And I don't know how long they, they taught there, but they were there for a number of years. For a very long time, yeah. We know that, uh, we know that the Claritians were the ones who, who started the mission here first mm -hmm. with the Senora de Guadalupe up here on, on the hill. And um, also Father Aloysius Dot was um, was a Claritian priest as well. And the Claritians um, stayed with St. John's until like 2002. Um, but even when, when I was younger, we had Sister Teresa and Sister Socorro and Sister Georgia. 
and um, I think they were Benedictine sisters. I'm not 100% positive, mm -hmm. but um, so that would have been like in the 90s, but I, I, they didn't last that mm -hmm. much longer after, after I went through catechism, so. Already in 2000s, we didn't have them anymore, I don't think. Yeah. Did they live by near the Lamar Middle School? or At one time. Um, there used to be a home there across the street from Lamar, and it's on the corner of Blanco and Burleson, and the house was beautiful. It was a two-story home. And uh, they lived there, and then when they sold the property, they moved over to um, Field Street. Right, mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I've heard about Field yeah. Street. Yeah, they moved over mm -hmm. to Field Street. So, but yeah, they, they were um, a large part of, of the uh, Victory Gardens neighborhood there when they did um, the uh, catechisms there. Um, I want to talk about the, the men and the women in the neighborhood that helped to, to um, the vision that they had to foresee this. And of course, we have to thank the Salcedos for, you know, for their part in getting uh, this house there. And they're still, um, in business here in San Marcos, and um, so I want to thank them for the, for their service to the church. But let's talk a little bit about the men um, that that gave their time and their all to, to try to get the the that part of the um, center going. So let's have a little bit of information about who those gentlemen were. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a good thing I brought my notes here because. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, I definitely have. So some of those uh, men specifically uh, include Agustin Alonso, Daniel Gutierrez, Lalo Duran, and brothers Martin and Teodoro Gonzalez, and they're the ones who actually helped. You know, the the men were really important in the construction of this, and also in terms of serving on uh, committees and that's one thing that you know I don't know how y'all feel so we're all women here right <laughs> well except for your dad <laughs> okay um, but uh, but I, I kind of wonder why like you know there was that sense of, com of civic engagement and you know much more of a sense of volunteerism and the mutualistas the the mutual aid societies and so forth and so i kind of wish we we still had that but and and that's something that i i hope somebody explores in in the future uh, but we have uh, so so the men actually constructed a lot of the building, they attached the building that the um, American GI Forum donated, they attached it to the original chapel, uh, and we, they, they planned, Duran and, and Daniel Gutierrez uh, were the ones who served as planners and decided to convert uh, the, the attached building into a kitchen. So that, and I think after that, they started having all kinds of functions. They, you know, the, the Jamaicas, the, you know, other kinds of, of events and, and things. And, and, really and these were all men from, from the neighborhood. You know, you, you mentioned, you know, uh, Mr. Mr. Vasquez, uh, Mr. Alonso, uh, the Gonzalez brothers, mm -hmm. and um, and Deacon Duran, they all lived on Armstrong Street. Mm -hmm. And uh, Senor Gutierrez lived on Camacho, so you can see, um, I guess, what this neighborhood meant to them, and uh, their, their determination to to see this this through. So, 
it's always nice when you have um, civic engaged people working for the neighborhood. Yes. Kathy, can we go on ahead and take our break we'll here? Take a break. This is KZSM.org, True Community Radio, San Marcos, Texas, and this is Rayasis here on Sunday night on the 11th of December. Glad you're along with us here tonight. We'll be right back after these announcements. <laughs> Celebrate the holiday season with KZSM and talented students from the San Marcos School District at our final Kissing Alley concert of 2022, Thursday, December 15th, 7 to 9 p.m. The concert features the amazing Miller Middle School Jazz Band and excerpts from The Wizard of Oz performed by music and theater students from Crockett Elementary. Students from San Marcos High will offer selections from their upcoming production of The Little Mermaid, special music by a string quartet, and the award-winning Mariachi Nuevo Cascabel. Enjoy a magical winter evening in the historic space off Hopkins, opposite the courthouse. Our free, family-friendly concerts are funded by the San Marcos Arts Commission. Amo tanto a mi hija que me pasé tres horas bajo la lluvia para ver a su equipo perder por 18 goles. Amo tanto a mi hija que una vez usé un aspirador para sacarle los mocos a las 3 de la madrugada. Ganaste. ¿Amas a tus hijos? Ámalos lo suficiente como para asegurarte de que están sentados en el asiento correcto del automóvil conforme a su edad y tamaño. Visita nhtsa.gov diagonal protegidos. Manténlos a salvo. Visita nhtsa.gov diagonal protegidos. Presentado por la National Highway Traffic Safety Administration y el Ad Council. It's almost Monday night, y'all. You know what that means? That means Final Confessions, live here on KZSM, hosted by none other than The Wiz, who says he's calling all brothers and sisters and children of the night to join us on the random journey of life. Playing anything vinyl, one never knows what they're going to hear. You know where I'll be Monday night? I will be howling at the moon, listening to those cracks, hisses, and pops, along with those Kellogg's boys. Vinyl Confessions, only here on KZSM. San Marcos True Community Radio, the little station heard around the world. Hey, Sid, what are you listening to? I'm listening to Sid's Place, my show, the best oldies in the world. I'm on every Monday from 4 to 6 p.m. On KZSM, your true community radio station here in San Marcos, Texas. And we were just talking about Sid before we started here tonight. Yeah, you never know who you are going to know in the community when we all get together down here at KZSM, your true community radio station. And uh, that is especially true every Sunday night here with Riasis. And uh, Kathy, let's get back to the show. So uh, during our conversation, we were talking about the Gonzalez brothers who live there on Armstrong Street. And you said you wanted to mention uh, a conversation that you had maybe with one of the daughters, or you wanted to talk so about? So she's uh, the only daughter of one of the Gonzalez brothers, and please forgive me, I don't remember I, rem- I don't remember his first name. Of course, after you meet, especially someone who's older, it's always, you know, Senora Gonzalez, and it's never by first name. And uh, through kind of uh, meeting Dr. Juarez and getting interested into the history of the church, and uh, for me especially, is something very important to me. And um, like knowing our faith and really like, you know, I was captured by the picture of Father uh, Aloysius Dot 
there's just something about his face. And I was like, why have I never heard of Father Dot before? He is so instrumental to our faith here. Why? So I, you know, started doing some digging of my own and then got introduced to Amalia Gonzalez. So she's the only daughter of one of the Gonzalez brothers. And uh, she was the sacristan at the Guadalupe Chapel for about a decade of her life. So um, we got to have a really nice conversation with her. She's so sweet and a, and a beautiful person, a beautiful human, and and it, it's it's treasure to get to know someone like that and who's dedicated, especially her life, um, to the church and. Um, you know, she had some great, great stories to share. Some of them I will not share. But um, you know, she talked about how her her dad got her the job as a sacristan. She was the only only child in the home, and he wasn't too fond of her having a boyfriend or or getting uh, getting married. And she didn't ever get married, so she's a single woman to this day. And um, but she talked about you know having to walk up and down Armstrong Street to go and open the church, and then close the church, and then at some point, like you were you were mentioning during the, one of the breaks, that the houses don't exist anymore. Now I wasn't clearly sure why um, she got displaced from her area yeah, for the flooding. The urban renewal came in, and and uh, some of the homes are from behind Sonics up. I think there must have been about five or six homes that they completely, they, they raised them to the ground, and so yeah. those homes were gone. I think there and was two homes. There was a home, if you're standing, um, I think it's Eisenhower, and to the right, um, it, there was one Gonzalez house, and there was another house. So I think two or three brothers that lived in that area. Mm. So she talked, she had stories about, like, she would have to take two pairs of shoes with her because it would be so muddy. Mm -hmm. So she would take one pair of shoes and walk to the capilla, and then when she got to the capilla, she'd have to take her shoes off, and she brought a clean pair of shoes with her so she could walk around, and then how, you know, women would come from up here from the hill down to the capilla and she was like they'd get the floors all dirty and there I was having to <laughs> clean the floors after them and um, having to make the trek with um, the priest vestments and having to launder the priest vestments and um, uh, you know the chalice and everything that she was in charge of and then the job ended up going over to um, Chavela and um uh, I got to know Chevelle for a little bit because whenever I started with the Guadalupanas and, and we had mentioned about how the Donas, right? <laughs> like they had the, the way of this is how you do it. And I remember me and my younger cousin Blanca, we were, we were learning the ropes of, of what you do and she was teaching us how to set, uh, how to dress the altar. And she was like, and I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. You, you back up a little bit. Like, all right. Let me just fix this right here. And so it was a pleasure to meet her, too. And, yeah, she, and she she was a sweetheart. But let me ask you a question about the, the lady that you were talking about um, earlier. Amalia. Does she still live here in San Marcos? Amalia does still live here. She lives off of uh, Smith's. Smith Lane, yes. Same street as Cuevas. Same no. street as Cuevas. No, behind Cuevas. Behind oh. Cuevas. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she's still here in San Marcos. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, she had a, an uncle maybe that lived there. He had a small engine repair shop in that area. Uh, I, know her, I know that once her parents um, passed, 
her she did say her uncle yeah. was the one who probably took her into his home Fr- frank francisco i think maybe yeah jo- johnny bird's dad maybe i'm not sure yeah. okay wow well that's awesome see because i i don't I don't remember her, so it's a good story because now I'm going to have to go back and look and say, okay. <laughs> she, had, she had really awesome photos. Yes. So we were able to, she, she mentioned how she um, would save her money so she could purchase um, like uh, pamphlets, right, of the um, like fiestas. The fiesta books. Mm-hmm. Fiesta books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, so when she said, would you like to see, I mean, we were just like lit up, excited to see, you know, uh, the photos, the brochures, and we were just flipping through all of them. We even found a couple of our family members. That's how we didn't know, though. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't know. But we were taking pictures, and we brought them um, over to our Thea's house, and she's like, yeah, that's me, and that's your uncle. And <laughs> So, yeah, there were pictures of... Um, the catechists. There were pictures of the reinas from the Jamaicas. Um, there were pictures of the school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all the students who attended um, the school and the Catholic school. Uh, so yeah, it was super exciting um, just to hear her stories and see all the photos. So we're, well, I guess probably by that time, n- neither one of you were Fiesta Queens there at Guadalupe Chapel. You, were you a Fiesta Queen? I was not, I mean, I was a, um, a A candidate, Uh yeah, a duchess. (laughs) Yeah, so, um, yeah, my my family, my dad and my mom and all my tias and uncles, you know, rallied, had the booths at the Jamaica. Uh, I got to wear, you know, beautiful dress with a a cape and yeah it was a lot of fun and it's a Um, lot of hard work i think people don't don't really realize what it takes to put on uh an event like that you know from uh the top all the way down to the bottom and even after it's done there's all that cleanup that right it has to be done but i think for myself growing having my grandmothers that lived there that was probably like the fun part and when i drive through there and i think about all the ladies that used to live there and the men and the Jamaicas, I think in, in May, I think that's when they had theirs there. That was like the best time for us. And we'd go and there'd be like 10 cars parked in my grandmother's <laughs> yard because everybody was just, yeah. you know, trying to find a place to park because the neighborhood really wasn't conductive to that. The streets, right, you know, they were right. so narrow. And you'd park and you'd walk over and you'd eat a hamburger that was made by Mr. Godino. Oh, yes. You'd go in and the Guadalupanas (laughs) were having enchiladas. Yes. The little booths with all the games. I mean, everyone just got involved, you know. Um, I remember lots of people just walking, you know, um, and it was just the biggest um, block the, event. Yeah, big yeah, block party. yeah. And it, it's sad because that element now is is gone. The neighborhood right. is changing a little yeah. bit. Um, the the characters of the neighborhood are mostly, you know, not not there anymore. Either right. moved away or just, you know, gone already. Gone. Being pushed out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, but. Um, I guess so. Uh, that was uh, lovely to reminisce about. But I want to talk about one of the reasons why we really are here. And um, I like the conversation that you guys had about how you guys met each other. And he, I'm new to all you guys except for Mireille over there. <laughs> um, but um, 
when I heard that, um, you know, there was the possibility that the church was going to close down, I went ahead and I made a phone call uh, to the church, and um, I wasn't able to make the meeting, but then I went ahead and called again, and they said, you need to direct yourself and talk to this person. But by that time, um, and I saw it on, on social media, and I saw it because Maxfield Baker posted it. Mm -hmm. Right. And so then that's yeah. how I contacted you. And isn't that the great thing about social media? And mm -hmm. this is why you're here. So, right. uh, but tell us a little bit about um, your, your passion and why you got involved and, and tell us what's going on with, with the future of, of Guadalupe. Yeah. So, um, I mean, our passion just runs deep with the neighborhood and um, the chapel is just the heart of our community. And so when we learned of, you know, the um, possible sale, it was at a meeting that was held at St. John's. Um, it was on October 1st, I believe. Uh, October or November 1st? October. October 1st, right. And so, um, you know, we showed up and um, there was um, several um, people there that we, we're just learning that you know this was the possibility of the chapel that um it was going to be sold and they were they discussed the um what the funds would then be um, used, for, used for right right and so it was pretty shocking and so many of us just shared our stories and you know um lots of people just gave their testimonies to um, how they were feeling about, you know, this new information. And so, yeah, I mean, lots of tears, lots of um, people who um, were very invested sharing their stories of, of how we just didn't want that to happen. So that kind of initiated the whole um, rally to save the uh, to save the capilla to save our chapel. So, um, you know, we just made some calls, and um, had so much support from the community. Uh, we ended up um, having uh, we put a petition together, and we had um, over uh, or collected 612 signatures, 383 signatures, which were the online um, for, came from the online petition. So. Um, following that, uh, we had an event in the in the park across from the chapel. Um, we celebrated um, uh, just kind of community, right? Um, wanting also to, um, I think it also fell during the the week of Dia de los Muertos. So we um, there's so many that came out and got dressed. Um, we had so many donations, um, you know, pan dulce, food, um, music, um, where we also collected a lot of our signatures. Um, our guest speakers uh, were uh, Dr. Juarez along with Bobby uh, Garza Hernandez. And so um, just speaking about the history and the importance of the capilla um, and just educating our, our, our neighborhood, right? Um, so. Yeah, following that, my dad actually made an ofen ofrenda. So a lot of our, our neighborhood, our, um, our residents brought over pictures of, you know, family members um, and put them at the altar. We had our machi, um, matachinas. matachinas come out with Blanca. 
uh, yeah, in our neighborhood, she um, she put that together, and it was a blessing just to have you know um, so many people supporting us, um, along with city uh, city leaders too. So it was really nice. How about we take a quick station ID break and we'll come right on back, okay, and, and keep the conversation going here on RIASIS on uh, Sunday night here on KZSM.org, True Community Radio in San Marcos, Texas. So, wait, do I hear bagpipes? No, I can't, I can't be hearing bagpipes. Not on KZSM.org. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. Limey's Lass has a show on Saturdays, Celtic Corner comes on at noon. I guess I am hearing bagpipes. Oh, what a day. I can't wait to see what else she's going to play for me. De acuerdo, seamos sinceros. Puede que la Sinfónica Nacional no esté en su futuro, pero quiso probar el violín. Usted dijo sí porque lo ama. Y si tanto lo ama, ámelo lo suficiente como para asegurarse de que tiene el cinturón abrochado en el asiento trasero. Averigüe más sobre cómo mantener a sus hijos a salvo en su vehículo en nhtsa.gov diagonal protegidos. Demuéstreles que los ama. Manténgalos a salvo. Visite nhtsa.gov diagonal protegidos. Presentado por la National Highway Traffic Safety Administration y el ARCA. Her voice can call up a ghost and soothe him to rest again, and she'll ease you out of the stress of your work week and right on into your weekend. She's got live and recorded music you want to hear and interviews with people you want to meet. Tune in Fridays, 8 to 10 p.m. for Friday Night with Care, right here on kzsm.org. San Marcos's true community radio station. ¿Listos para nuestra pequeña aventura al bosque? Llegamos. Wow, eso fue rápido. Hay un bosque más cerca de lo que piensas. Encuentra un parque o bosque cerca de ti y música inspirada en la naturaleza en descubreelbosque.org. Traído a ustedes por USDA Forest Service y el Ad Council. To protect his home and family from disaster, Steve used courage, wisdom, and his camera phone. That should do it. Way to go, Steve! By simply taking digital pictures of his family's important documents, Steve can always have them stored safely online, no matter when disaster strikes. Learn other simple ways to protect your home and family before a natural disaster at ready.gov. That's ready.gov. A message from FEMA and the Ad Council. And we're back with you here on Riasis on KCSM.org. Thank you for tuning in tonight. So so tell us a little bit how um, you, because uh, this is not the first time that they have spoken about um, closing down uh, Guadalupe, but now when you see it and they're telling you, um, how, what did you do? Tell me about the activism part of it and how quick it was from the time that you started and the things that you did to, to, um, to uh, move forward a plan of action. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I was, we were younger when the first initial talks of, you know, being sold um, were taken place. But, um, so, so this, the one in November, October, October. sorry, I keep going to November. One in October um, was the first time that I had ever heard that the Capilla would be sold. Um, yeah, I think, I'm not sure how young we were. And, you know, 
So um, once we learned of the um, the cell, I mean, we kind of felt like, okay, that's a done deal. It sounded like a done deal. While we were there, um, you know, it was kind of like in the morning process, right? Like you're just sad. And um, it wasn't until, you know, we finally picked up our bootstraps and said, we can do something about this. Like we all as a community can rally together and let's see what can happen. So um, I know I was just sharing that like it was a matter of like a week, if not less, that I we were just like, okay, let's get something together. Um, I didn't even know if anybody was going to, you know, be supportive. And I was completely thrown, you know, just the amount of um, supporters that we had. I mean, in that one week, collecting the, the petition and um, having people come out to the event along with the city leaders and, um, you know, our guest speakers who were, were behind us. And so we just knew like, this is, this is significant. This, our chapel is so significant and um, we can't just let it go like that. So um, we had the event November 2nd, and then we heard back with the um, response from the Catholic church from St. John's that Sunday. So um, saying that it would not be sold and that they were going to change it back to its original um, name. A, um, let me go well, back to center. Well, the yeah, center, the Nuestra Señora de Guadalupe Center, and that that would go into effect um, January 2nd of 2023. That was a, uh, a big fight for our community. Right. And we felt just victorious. Um, now, it's a small step, though, because we definitely still wanted it to be held, you know, masses held and, and so forth. But, you know, that's just part of uh, our continuation of, of um, trying to um, work together with, with St. John's and hopefully in the future, you know, something something can can happen or come Small baby that. steps yes. to get to the bigger picture. So did they tell y'all... Um, what the the plans are for the center what what are they going to be hosting there do you know um so from what was posted on the um bulletin it says that it will now be um saint vincent de paul society location and that they are looking forward to branching out with um, more social services um for the community and so um so that's what we what we know of today so within the community, are there any plans for y'all to kind of maybe have a committee to kind of come to the church and say, these are the things that we would like to see moving forward? Um, what, what, what are your plans in that aspect? Because, of course, you've come this, this far and you've done this. I mean, I'd hate to see you guys just stop here. I mean, there's right. got to be something yeah. moving forward. Yeah, go ahead. What I, what I would like to say is that as a community from uh, – the church part, right? So talking about a, a, a parishioner, it's important for our community to know that we have a voice and that if, it, if, if the Guadalupe Chapel is important to you, then you have to have your voice heard. And you have to be able to voice the importance of your chapel and the importance of um, bringing mass back and opening the doors 
um, I, f- I think what we fail to put importance on is um, it started off as a community center, right, and helped in so many ways. And the mission from the Claritians was to bring a voice to the Mexican community that we were getting forgotten, that we were being overlooked, and um, and our faith ties us back to our roots. And the Guadalupe Chapel is is a deep root for our community, and um, and and we need to speak up and say this is what we need. Um, it it is our 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 spiritual and it is our heart. Uh, a lot of the times, our faith is what takes us through life. And and for our, our Mexican heritage, especially, I think we have such a tie for our Senora Guadalupe, and what she means to us culturally, what she means to us spiritually. Um, that she's our mother. She brings us back to where we came from, and, and tells us that that we mean something, and that we are children of God. And and this is such, so crazy that this is happening on the eve of her fe- on her eve of her feast day, right? That tomorrow is 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 the feast day for our Senora de Guadalupe. And uh, what an honor for me it would be if we had the chapel doors open. I'm sorry, I get emotional, but it's like. A but the, those thing. are the things that drive you. And I think we have this conversation here all the time about uh, social engagement, right? Yeah. And um, how um, I can uh, make a post about social engagement and I'll get 10 people to like or try to move that. I can yeah. post a photo of my daughter and I get like 700 likes. <laughs> and it's like, where are we? And at one time, Guadalupe Chapel, uh, I mean, the Victory Gardens was an elderly community, right? Mm-hmm. But now we have a lot of young, educated people that can move that that um, move, move that movement. So how do you engage the people that are there that don't have, I'm not gonna say that, um, wouldn't necessarily get involved. Now you're there, how are you gonna keep them engaged? Because you have such a, a passion for it. How do you keep the people in the neighborhood engaged so that we can continue to move this forward? Well, again, I just think that it's important for us not to forget where we come from. And I think that's easy to do in, in, in this day and age where everything is so fast-paced that we, we, we take everything for granted. And, and, and what I was sharing with my sister at one point is people aren't going to realize what we lose until we lose gone. it. And then we can't get it back. And then what are we going to do? We've lost all our history. Like, people don't understand how important it is because we don't know our history. So it's very important for people who are younger to really get invested in the community and to know where you come from. It's important to know. It's important to know that that we're only here because of our parents and our parents are only here because of our grandparents and there's dignity in their life and they had a whole life before us Mm -hmm. they're not the people that you see every day they have stories to tell and it's important to ask questions and 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 really again just know where we come from so moving forward how do we um, we get in touch with you guys if if we want to continue the 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 conversation um, are you going to put up a website, Facebook page? How 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 are we going to do this? Yeah, so um, we are, um, as soon as we were done with um, the event, we got together right away. Um, we have, you know, some wonderful, like I mentioned, those, su- those supporters. Um, we have some folks from the Historic Preservation Committee. Um, 
the Ryan Perkins has been yeah so a wonderful person um, along with um, Gloria Salazar yes. from the Centro mm -hmm. Cultural Hispano de San Marcos Bobby and Bobby Garza yeah. Hernandez yeah um, Dr. Juarez. I mean, we've just made some some beautiful connections that we hope to get together, which we did. You know, we got together and we just started brainstorming and planning. So we've got lots of things um, planned for the future. Um, and yeah, you you bring up some good points, right? Like social media. Yeah. So incorporating all those things. Yeah, for sure. Well, we want to thank you, ladies, for being on the show. It's been a, a wonderful conversation. And in closing, um, I have to say that um, stewards uh, for the church have always been there, but I cannot uh, leave the show without thanking, thanking uh, Deacon Duran for yes. all his service and Chavela Garcia for all yes. the service that they had to Guadalupe Chapel and for myself spending a lot of time there during the 1972 flood. Uh, my mother and father got stuck over here at my dad's place of business. My grandfather um, was on his way to the hospital, my brother and my sister, and uh, we got stuck at home. Guadalupe Chapel was our refuge because they wow. send us all over there. Mm -hmm. The um, uh, National Guard mm -hmm. was going to come pick us up, mm -hmm. and it was just rain raining like crazy. And Mrs. Olivo next door came and picked us up and took us to her home and offered us shelter there, too. Wow. We got put up on a truck and ended up at um, the academy. So... What we're gonna close the show out with that? Do, do you have something? I, with yeah, that? I wanted to say you 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 said something about the Guadalupe Chapel being your refuge, mm -hmm. and isn't that what Our Lady is? Mm -hmm. Our Lady the Guadalupe is our refuge. She says, "Come to me, and you're wrapped in my mantle." Mm -hmm. So I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's where we're ending. Oh, yeah. Don't forget tomorrow. Okay. Come out to church tonight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and we'll see you guys next week. And thank you for being on the show. Mm -hmm.